It's Kate Brownfield from ADHDKidsCanThrive.com. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please like, comment, and share as it'll help others find the ADHD Kids Can Thrive podcast. Today, my guest is Jamie Nunes, Western Regional Manager of CommonSense.org. CommonSense.org is a free resource to help discover media you feel good about sharing with your kids and students, as well as help them to thrive in a digital world. Please enjoy our conversation. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for being here. I'm really looking forward to speaking to you today. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm good. Happy Friday to you. Love yeah. your jovial spirit. And uh, <laughs> it already sounds like we're going to have a very engaging time online. So We're going to have a great time. We're going to have yeah. a great time. Okay, so let's start from the top. What is Common Sense Media and what is its mission? All right. Well, thank you for that. So let me just kind of just paint a picture, right? Um, we know first that most technology wasn't really built with kids in mind, right? So common sense, its central mission is really to change that. And that we believe that media should actually inspire and entertain families. And we also feel like that technology should protect the privacy of not only kids, but families in in, uh, in need. So what we do is a number of things. Um, on our common sense media platform, we rate and review books, videos, apps, uh, to uh, to ensure that uh, they're developmentally appropriate for for kids, uh, for educators, we have common sense education where we provide a free curriculum and classroom resources around what we deem as digital citizenship or literacy skills. And uh, on the advocacy side, we explore uh, advocacy efforts to around digital equity or tech accountability, student data privacy, and so on and so forth. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do a lot. And I actually found, um, which is why I wanted to talk to you today, is raising my own children who are now young adults, I actually found Common Sense Media to be a great partner in my parenting. Um, it made it really easy to figure out um, what they should be watching and not watching or, if, you know, just kind of give some quick guidance on that. And then also like different tools to use to help with supplement their learning. And there, I feel like our kids are moving faster than we are as parents, just because of the way they're designed and built and the generation they're being raised in. So common sense, you guys have some amazing tools to kind of help parents stay on top of their kids because they know more than we do at this point. Okay. So Jamie, can you tell us like where the state of technology is today and where are those pain points for parents? Yeah, I, th- I think, first of all, uh, you know, if you're a parent out there today, um, bless you, like, oh, it is so challenging, right? There's so many layers of parenting. And if I can give each and every one of you a hug or a virtual high five, I would, but uh, take this as a, uh, as a, um, an affirmation from a complete stranger to, to note that you are doing a good job. Um, but I think with respect to, to technology, what makes it really difficult is a few things. Um, really, the ubiquity of smartphones and tablets and laptops, it really has transformed the way we learn, right? It transforms the way that we communicate as families and transforms the way our kids are engaging in school. However, I think with students, particularly with students that uh, with ADHD, the constant barrage of those notifications, the alert of social media, and can often lead to uh, distraction, right? We are all distracted. In fact, research suggests that 
the average person switches tasks every 40 seconds um, when they're working on a computer. But it feels like that that time is being exacerbated by the struggles to focus in, to engage and to connect in a meaningful way. So I'd say the first pain point that many families grapple with is um, how to focus in on any given task, how to actually get back the time, the connections that we want, and how to establish healthy media uh, guidelines for our kids, for our families, for ourselves. And, and I think the other pain point that we're now seeing is um, what does it actually look like to reinforce our values when we're using technology? Um, so if we are attempting to focus in on any particular task, what does it actually mean to engage in a way that uh, that that ensures that we're feeling successful, right? Um, do we constantly have to be on our phone to communicate? So I think the biggest pain point really is about uh, addressing distractions and uh, getting back our time in that way. So how do we do that? How can common sense media help us with that? I think the first, and specifically with families, um, that if you have a a, um, a child that uh, has ADHD, I really would encourage a number of things. One is uh, create a distraction-free time in the focuses that you create and actively practice what that looks like role model. So Kate, if you're my child, I might say, uh, Kate, over the next three minutes, what I want us to do is I want us to ask each other questions at dinner time, right? This is a time where we're distracted, we're focusing in on a particular area. With respect to being online, I think what's helpful and where, where common sense could come in is to provide effective tools for you to do that. Uh, I'll give you just one. Uh, there's a site called Freedom. I believe it's freedom.to, but they are a site that focuses in on um, blocking websites or apps temporarily to restrict distraction during that time. And again, oh. this is a, a really simple uh, task to do, um, but it's a really helpful way to set the stage and, and create those values, as I pointed out. And so then, that app turns off the child's phone, like during dinner time? If you uh, that to. app, if I'm not mistaken, that app gives you an opportunity to set, um, uh, to block any apps or websites that can help uh, potentially distract the child. So if the child okay. is very engaged in a and a particular uh, tool that can actually help to block it. And oh, the, the, okay. the, the key here is not really to, to start to create all these blockers in your life, but to actually hone in on um, and to define what exactly is that focus time for you. So if your child is uh, writing an essay, uh, blockers like that would help, right? Yeah. The second thing I think is really important that that might be practical is um, being really intentional about uh, what you, we're doing online. And I think at the very beginning, maybe middle of the day, helping your child or even as a parent setting um, at least three intentions for what you want to get done when you're online. So if you're on Netflix late at night, you might say to yourself, I'm going to watch this particular show. And then at the cue mark, maybe five minutes before the end of the show, I'm going to do something else. You want to transition to something else. You're setting an intention for a real simple tasks or engagements that you might have online. Instead of binge watching exactly six or seven shows on the Netflix. And then yeah, all so you have to really be thinking. That. Yeah. Yeah. You have to really be thinking. And I think when you have a child, it's hard, it's harder for them, especially if they have ADHD, because that frontal lobe isn't really kicking in yet. So it's hard for them to kind of think ahead and be intentional. Yeah. And, um, and so as you pointed like, out, Kate, I think the the key here 
um, is that intentionality happens when families empower their their kids to begin to do that right so families really play a crucial role in supporting their students by and we know this right we want to create a structured routine uh, one that actually balances screen time and physical activity and homework and so on and so forth but we want to make sure that um, when the child is using tech we can go a step further to hone in on the actual strategy on how they're going to do that. Right? So yeah. let me give you a quick example, which is um, if I am texting you uh, back and forth with, with my child, uh, again, I'm speaking to, to kids that have access to phones. Uh, I might say to them, I'm going to send you a text for the next, you know, three minutes, but then I expect you, then we'll talk in person. Right. Or, you know, that those subtle sort of like process yeah. um, statements do wonders for kids, uh, particularly with kids that uh, that exhibit uh, that that process. So. Yeah, that's a great tip. So then you don't you're not solving all your problems via text. <laughs> exactly. Right, and you make a, your child and you have like a face to face interaction, right? Yeah. To solve problems and talk about things. And you know, one of the great things, and again, I want to put a, a shameless plug for common sense, but one of the beautiful things that they do is that they offer advice. They offer that support for families. They provide them with scripts, you know, how to actually have these conversations for families. So we have that for free on our site. Um, but for families that are, are attempting to figure out, you know, how to talk openly about you know, very challenging topics or how to talk about screen time in a way that uh, is helpful, uh, please go to our site. It's uh, really beneficial. So, Yeah. Okay. And does common sense um, give scripts and talk about social media for the t young teens and teens who are trying to navigate that? Yeah. World? Yeah. So if you're a parent, I, I, uh, listening in, I might look at uh, the time with tech in three ways. Um, if you're a parent of an elementary school-aged child, I might think about um, the introduction of socialization online. And what that means is if your child is playing a game like Roadblocks or they're collaborating with others online, uh, we want to be really intentional about um, creating norms of engagement. How do you speak to someone? How do you speak to someone that you don't know? Um, and what oh, yeah. I find is that parents will often start with time. Uh, John, Jane, you've been on that device for too long. You only have five minutes. Um, and that's a really great start. But you, uh, my invitation is to think about um, setting those stage. What is, what is John or Jane going to sound like when they are uh, chatting with their friends online? Um, and so Common Sense does provide that guidance and some you know, basic how-tos on that. And now the second part, which is like as a child then gets online uh, or is now exposed to social media, I think the key here for families is to then uh, do two things. One is be aware of what those apps are. Again, I'm not asking uh, every family to join TikTok tomorrow or be real or wherever these latest apps yeah. are. I'm simply saying... Uh, be aware of how your child is engaging in those apps. Are they passively sort of scrolling? Are they actively creating videos? And then once you identify what that is, you are more e easily able to communicate what it is that you want them to be doing. How do you want them to communicate uh, in the way that they're using it? Yeah. And we offer all of that at Common Sense. So yeah. yeah. Okay, good. And is there a way to for parents to see besides just picking up their child's their phone and seeing what they're doing? Yeah, that I think it's a great question, Kate. And you know, I find parents uh, are either in two camps: the camp 
where they they want to create blocks and restrictions and they want to hover uh, hover is a very triggered word i want to be cognizant of it but uh, they want to oversee um, through a third app and what their child can and can't do and that's yeah. a great approach again if you want to create sort of holistic uh engagements and let your child know what you're doing that's helpful and then there's the other camp which is um from from the get-go and you can always reset at any time uh creating a um a plan with your family around technology use um, in the at home right and so establishing a, just a quick one pager maybe some two or three rules where you say here's what we believe tech to be in our household um here's what we want to be doing and here's what we expect each of us to communicate we want to make sure that we're affirming others we want to make sure that we are uh, going to sites that are appropriate for our families. And then what we're going to be doing is every month or every week or whatever the cadence is, we're going to openly talk about these things. And that's yeah. so the device becomes secondary. The device is, you know, Kate, I'd like to see your phone now because I'd like to see that you are doing what's expected of you. Right. And that's a completely different narrative that can be problematic, but also uh, very healthy when it's uh, part of a healthy, when those norms are established from the yeah. Yeah, that's a great plan. Yeah. I think the key is to stay consistent, right? As the parent that you got to stay consistent on your check-ins and communication with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're like myself, I'm raising my hand nice and high. Uh, I, sometimes I'm the biggest hypocrite, right? I say to my child one thing and I'm modeling something entirely different. Uh, and I just know, and I have to name that for myself, right? Uh, I'll give yeah. you a quick example. The other day I'm having dinner and my uh and I love playing music at dinner time. And so it was an in-between a track and I went in and I changed the track real subtly. Right. But my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter says, uh, well, Papa, I, you had said that there's no phones during dinner time. So, and I was caught, right. I'm like, well, <laughs> the song changed. And, and then I had to name it. Right. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm very sorry. I'm going to turn the device off and our music will be just us speaking uh, with one another. Now, she didn't think anything of it, but uh, if I didn't name and was honest with myself about what those model, those um, th those norms were, and she was, and she called me out on that, then uh, then it'd be, then it just wouldn't be the same, right? So I'm right. You know, the the key takeaway here is just it, it's okay to model. Um, it's okay to be honest with ourselves and say we, maybe we're not the best models for our kids, but it's also better to to establish what those guidelines are and those norms are and attempt to do that collectively as a family. So, Jamie, tell us um, what's coming in the world of tech with AI. And then when I was talking to you, you said there's even more new forms of tech coming. Oh, geez. Yeah. If I have to say that those two <laughs> letters again, Kate, I think I'm going to throw up. Right. Um, so what is going on with AI? What, uh, from our perspective, uh, I think it's important to note that uh, AI or artificial intelligence and other new forms of technology really present uh, this really exciting possibilities, uh, particularly with families or um, kids with ADHD. Um, and we know and we're seeing trends where like AI powered platforms um, are eas easily able to, to decipher and analyze learning patterns. Um, there are a number of companies now that uh, are tailoring uh, content to individual preferences at the school level. Uh, we're also seeing neurofeedback technology, right, which is training uh, the brain to enhance 
focus. Um, those are all showing promises of aiding students with ADHD. Uh, I think the challenge here and the thing that we want to be mindful over is a few things. Uh, one is parents, uh, are you equipped and have you been privy to how this technology works uh, for yourself, for your family, for your kids? And have you communicated not only the expectations, but have you communicated uh, what not to share in, uh, on these platforms, you know, personal information, um, how to engage in these particular um, uh, prompts uh, with these um, platforms? And then the second is really thinking uh, how, uh, you know, practical tip per se, but also just like maybe to be mindful over is uh, it, that it's helpful to encourage our kids to explore these AI-driven apps, particularly around schooling, right? So if they're having difficulty performing a certain task, explore it, fi figure out what that, that is intended to do. I mean, if it's new technology, let's figure out how to use it in a way that's helpful for families. Yeah. Does that make sense, Kate? Yeah, I think it's, a, I got a, um, my kids use Quizlet. Mm, mm -hmm. And I just got a marketing email from them with like all these different applications now inside Quizlet that's like AI powered and they're really cool seems like really cool applications right to be even more helpful especially if your child struggles right in school and needs more support it seems impossible to stay on top of so is common sense media staying on top of all of this like if you were a parent and went to your website like can I get educated Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we're in the process of, of creating that. Um, and very shortly, we'll be launching um, some support with, um, with a platform that uh, we can certainly share at some point. But uh, what you can do on our site is at this point, go in and first uh, seek sites uh, or um, we have a, and I'll, I'm happy to share it as a resource uh, following this, but it is a parent's guide to how to navigate AI I think oh, the first thing great. I'd want to do as a parent is just make sure that my child is aware of what the tool is. Um, again, we recently had a poll that came out and it said, uh, while kids are using AI, often without the parents um, or even their teacher's knowledge, right? Yeah. So we want to just be mindful that if our child is using it, we're using it in a way that helps them, uh, that ensures that they are not feeling overwhelmed, um, that they are equipped to that. And so you can find that on our site, a parent's guide to AI that we'll post for you. And, and again, I'd probably just say the second thing that I would be really helpful is really to start uh, to assess the tools to see whether or not the tools actually benefit learning in your household. And so making sure that the uh, we're benefiting sort of like the technology and the challenges it actually poses uh, for students and uh, for kids. Uh, and yeah. I think the biggest way to do that really is just to both explore it, but also to set those guidelines and, and norms of how, how to use these tools the front. And we offer that at Common Sense, we rate and review on the education side, we rate and review a number of tools, one of a number of them being AI tools. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So it kind of gives you a quick list. Plus, if you're trying to just even figure out what tools are available, that's why it's great because you can just go to your website and say, <laughs> okay, here's what they recommend the top five are whatever, and you can explore, start from there. It doesn't have to be this new starting from ground zero, if you will. Exactly. Right. And right. so I, I've given you quite a bit, but I, I to your point, uh, Kate, I, I might uh, first identify as a parent 
uh, the following. So if I'm listening and you're like, well, Jamie, what the heck have I like gathered from you the last 20 minutes of <laughs> engaging? Um, here are my tips, right? Uh, the first is making sure that we are setting distraction-free times and setting intention uh, for our kids. Uh, website blockers do a wonderful job. You can go to our site to review what those um, those sites are. I gave you one, an example with that freedom. Uh, the second yeah. is making sure that, you know, with uh, how we empower our kids uh, with technology use, just really being mindful of when to incorporate tech breaks and how to set guidelines up for how our kids should be uh, communicating when they're online, uh, being intentional about that and regularly not only checking, but regularly having conversations when there is hiccups um, without any judgment um, and being able to model in a way that's effective. And I think finally with AI tools, uh, uh, to your point, Kate, uh, the idea that we wanna try out these tools, make a list of these tools, but be able to assess whether or not they're benefiting um, our kids or not. That's good. And J Jamie, do you have anything, any insight into for com from common sense's point of view about like chat GPT? I feel like you're kind of on this line, like a parent's right. Like what, how do you use chat GPT to help support you with your schoolwork versus yeah. like using it to do your schoolwork. Does common sense media talk about that? Yeah. And I, I, what I, uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, and I think what a lot of the concerns are on the education front are the ethical concerns, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Is, is the student going to be using this tool to cheat on their assignment? And in what has actually happened is AI companies have begun to recognize the ethics as well and have begun to create uh, uh, platforms that can easily help to, uh, teachers detect when AI is, uh, when language is being, um, AI language or AI content is being copied and pasted in a document. Okay. Um, so I think the answer to your question is, it's very complicated, but I, I might suggest the following for families. Um, one is, uh, if at the start of the school year, if you, uh, if your child is considering using it, you're using it as a resource, um, go to your teacher or go to your school and ask them for their policy, their guidelines. So you can get very clear on what the do's and don'ts of using these platforms before we get into talking about how, you know, we can ensure that our, our kids are not cheating. We want to make sure that the tool is being used effectively to begin with and right. that, that we're able to do that, right? So once you have those guidelines, um, we want to then work specifically if you're going to use ChatGPT, we want to um, explore all the unique ways that those platforms actually work. So, um, you know, teaching your child how to do uh, basic prompts and basic searches is really helpful. I'll give you a real quick one. Um, oftentimes I recommend this for teachers, but I certainly can do this for families. On ChatGPT, what's really helpful is that you type in a, an action word, uh, ChatGPT, create, design, outline. We're using some of those action verbs. You're giving it some context, right? So we want to say, imagine you are uh, the famous Kate Brownfield, uh, um, a podcaster, parent, you want to give it some hypotheticals. Clearly, I wouldn't use your name on ChatGPT, but you want to give it some context, have it role play. Okay. And as much as you can, you want to be as specific as you can in terms of your request. What is it that you're looking for? And uh, ensure that your child, in just in a really basic way, 
knows how to navigate these experiences that um, gets at the key here and is once the child uh, then once your child then uh, gets content from ChatGPT and others uh, you want to skim through it like that's where the real work begins we want to analyze that we want to determine whether or not the information is false or not and that's where we want to figure out what the child is actually doing with that information if the child is simply copying and pasting in the document saying, mom, I'm done, then we clearly have a problem, right? <laughs> right. But if the child is taking it and maybe remixing um, uh, remixing an audio file and creating its entirely different uh, process or project, uh, not only commend them, but also ask uh, them to explain their process. Uh, that is really the key in all of this, right? Yeah. And that communication, I think, between parents and students and um, teachers and schools is critical in all of this. So. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you for your service. It's a great site. Um, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been fun, Kate. I wish you a beautiful rest of your weekend. And thanks all for, for being alive today. <laughs>